following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Pepsi Mama, and I want to welcome you to another edition of Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. I apologize for there not being one in a while, but uh, I have been having some uh, nerve damage with my uh, hands, with my fingers, and it's still not over yet. So um, I'm going to take a chance and try to record this show this week. Uh, uh, I did last week and it came out to be a mess uh, because my fingers wanted to go where the keyboard wanted it to go or where they wanted it themselves to go and not where good old Pepsi Mama wanted them to go so um, just bear with me and I hope they do go <laughs> but uh, I want to say that uh, I have some requests for this week I have uh, the Lone Ranger and the Shadow and, um, uh, yeah, what's that other one? Um, the Lone Ranger, the Shadow, and yeah, I have those two. But, uh, the Green Hornet, I'll have to get for you next week, but I will get it. Uh, I just didn't happen to have it on my hard drive. So, but I know where to get it. And I know who has plenty of it, and I will go snatch it. <laughs> but if you have any suggestions or comments, uh, I would like it if you would send them to Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday, S U N D A E, like an ice cream, at gmail.com. That's Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday at gmail.com. Uh, and I think I said this, but I'm not sure yet. Uh, if you, if you want to follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, we'd appreciate that. Those are our three live feeds. Uh, Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And YouTube are, uh, that's how you, that's how you'll find us. Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Uh, and on Twitter, it's at Blind Who's, B-L-I-N-D-W-O-W-H-O-S-E, B-L-I-N-D-W-H-O-S-E. Twitter got stingy and wouldn't let, wouldn't let Victor write the whole thing when he was creating that channel. So, there you have it. So, if you don't, if you don't like any of the, uh, live options you can catch us on most podcast players and uh yeah i want to say all because i can't think of any where it's not uh located but just as sure as i do then somebody will find one but you know you can let us know and we'll see what we can do if it's not on your favorite podcast spot um what victor is wanting to do is he's wanting to make each show its own podcast but 
Uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but we're working on it. My first one for you today is Boston Blackie. Um, it's Society Bazaar Charity or Charity Society uh, Bazaar Racket. And uh, I like almost anything by Boston Blackie. I don't know why, but I like him. It sounds sexy to me, so there you have it. <laughs> of the woods, the great outdoors. You're right, boss. I can almost see you with your hunting gun trailing a rabbit. Or with our roulette wheels trailing some poor defenseless society debutante. <laughs> uh, you think the cops are getting Hobo Jennings to talk? I don't know. It worries me. I deeply regret the police taking him into custody. I still don't understand why the cops raided that charity bazaar. Yeah. I covered every angle. Tell them, Hobo. Not a thing, boss. You know me. Yes, I do. I rushed right over here, but nobody see me. Mm. Gee, it's great to get someplace where I know I'm safe. You're not safe, Hobo. What do you mean? On the contrary. <laughs> boss, you killed him. Yes, yes, I did. Why? Well, so far, Smitty, there's been no connection between me and these charity gambling affairs. Yeah? I want to keep it that way. And now on to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy, friend to those who have no friends. soon as you call, Mary, but what I cannot understand is how you ever got mixed up in such a mess. Well, Blackie, how was I to know the charity bazaar was a phony? You should have checked before you let them put your name on that letterhead. Yeah, I suppose so, but I knew Patricia Weatherford, the chairman, and all the girls. But not the mugs who were running the game. Well, that's true. Oh, dear. That's too bad they let that hobo Jennings escape from the police. Yeah. Well, maybe he could have been made to tell who the top man... Uh-uh. Uh, Sounds like company, Blackie. I guess so. But I'm not expecting anybody. Why, Inspector Faraday, what an unpleasant surprise. Come in. Get out of my way, Blackie. I want to talk to Miss Wesley. Huh? Go ahead. Mary isn't particular whom she talks to. I know. You're proof of that. Oh, now. Hello, Inspector. <laughs> Why did you hold out on me, Miss Wesley? Inspector, what kind of talk is that? Keep out of this, Blackie. Yes, quiet. 
Swessie, why didn't you tell me you were in on this charity racket? I'm not in on any charity racket. I was only a member of the sponsoring committee. As I found out when I read the stationery. Oh? All right, why didn't you tell me? Well, tell you it was a phony? Yes. Well, I didn't know it at the time. Nobody ever knows anything when I'm around. Well, because of the example you set. Very unhumorous. What do either of you know about this hobo Jennings? Well, I only met him once, the night of the affair. Any idea why anyone should want Jennings killed? Oh. Jennings killed? There's an echo in here. Yeah, Blackie, we found them in an empty lot with a couple of empty holes in them. Any idea who might have done it, Miss Wesley? I told you I only met him once. Oh, don't worry, Friday. As soon as you leave here, I'll try to find whoever it was that made a bum out of Hobo Jennings. I can it a little bit here. A little bit there. How's it going, Pappy? Uh, it's going. It's going. Well, the boss is in a rush for them roulette wheels. You better get a move on, Pappy. Don't you Pappy me, you young hoodlum. My name is Bryant, Mr. Bryant. Okay, Pappy. So your name is Mr. Bryant. <laughs> now, how about those machines? Uh, they're all right. They'll stop on any number I like. I still don't get how you work this gimmick. And you never will. Someday I'm going to invent a machine that the whole world will talk about. Yes, sir, they'll never know how it works. Only me. Why should I tell you how it works? Okay, Pappy, don't get so excited. Who wants your old secret? You watch your language, young man, or I'll... You wouldn't be threatening me, would you, Pappy? If I were only 20 years younger... If you were 20 years younger, I'd take care of you like the boss took care of Hobo Jennings. So, fancy Dan Carpenter killed him. Yeah, I saw it all. And you didn't stop him? Why should I? Hey, what are you doing with that roulette wheel? I'm going to spin it around your skull. I'll put it down, Pappy. What number do you want to come up now, Smithy? No sense going over to see you, Society Fund, Mary. No, you're right, Blackie. Patricia can tell us what we want to know over the phone. Hello? Uh, Patricia, this is Mary. Mary Wesley? Oh, yes. Hello, Mary. Hello there. After what happened at the bazaar, I, I didn't think you'd ever speak to me again. Oh, it wasn't your fault. Some of the girls think it was. Oh, now, that's silly. Uh, here's why I called. Yes? Inspector Faraday from Homicide was questioning me. It seems that they found the body of Hobo Jenny. Hobo Jenny? Yes. You mean the man who ran the wheel for us? That's the one. But he was arrested. Well, he escaped, and he was murdered. Murdered? That's right. Well, I'd let you know before the police came over. Yes. Thank you, Mary. G- goodbye. Goodbye. So the police found Hobo's body. Did you think it would disappear into thin air? There's no need to get excited. Dan, this murder was your idea, not mine. Well, we didn't was. plan to make any killings except at the gambling table. This one was necessary. No murder is necessary. From now on, you're on your own. Would you mind repeating that? I said from now on, you're on your own. <gasps> How dare you hit me? There's more where that came from. That won't make me stay. Perhaps you've forgotten those letters you were foolish enough to write to me. I've kept every one of them. I'm sure one of our Gotham columnists would like to see them. Why, you... I'll slap you and pinch you. Now cut that out before I hit you. Cut it out. (laughs) Now, getting back to our discussion. You're in this as deeply as I am. The only way you can walk out is the way Hobo Jennings went. Is that understood? Is any information?
information on Hobo Jennings, Mary. This newspaper mark is sure to have it. Mm-hmm. Oh, here comes Freddy now. Oh, yeah. Got you those clippings on Hobo Jennings, Blackie. Thanks, Fred. Only Morgantown where you get live stuff. That's us. <laughs> That's a joke, Blackie. Don't you get it? <laughs> sure, Fred, sure. Okay, I can take a hint. Call me when you want me. Okay. Look, Mary. Here's a complete biography on Jennings. Yeah. Robert Bryant. It is Hobo Jennings. It is Robert Jones. Quite a few A's. First offense, stealing. Thanks for Well, he went through his regular training course, all right. Just another punk. Wasn't there anything else in there? No, just routine stuff. Come on, let's go down to headquarters. Maybe Faraday found out something about the boss of the charity racket that will help us help him. Blackie, sure was nice of Sergeant Matthews to let us come down here to the storage room. That's only because Faraday wasn't here at headquarters. Oh? Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, here's the room, Mary. Oh, great. <whistles> Look at all that confiscated equipment. Smart machines, gambling devices of every kind. Oh, Blackie, here's the stuff we had at the party. Are you sure? Oh, positive. See the tag on this roulette wheel? Oh, yeah. It says so. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. All right, watch this. Okay. Uh, it's going to stop on 22 on the red. Oh, now you... Oh, Blackie, you did it. How did you know this? <laughs> because I know the guy who originated this gimmick. Oh? See this pedal on the floor? Yeah. Controls a magnet, which controls the ball. Oh, who is the inventor? Pappy Bryant, an old-time circus animal trainer and a whiz with wheels. Is he in town? Well, he must be. And I don't know where he lives. But I'm going to find him. How? He makes wheels. Well, I don't see I'll that. just go around until I locate him. Miss Weatherford? I beg your pardon. Oh, come off it, Miss Weatherford. There are no cops around. You can talk to me. Oh, you're... Brian, one of them carpenters names. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, look, little lady. I've been waiting outside your apartment house. I've seen Dan walk out. I know he was with you. What do you want? Money? You don't have enough. Then what do you want? Come to the point. I'm busy. You can take time, Lily. Please. That policeman on the corner is watching us. Let him. I can talk to a pretty girl if I want to. Now, what did Dan have to say to you? Don't you think you'd better ask him? I'm asking you. You're hurting my arm. Well, I wanted him to leave me alone. But he wouldn't. Said the only way I could get out was the way Hobo Jennings went. So it's true. What's true? Never mind. Better you don't know. Is that all you wanted? Yes, and just a tip. If you say anything about Mr. Dan, it'll be the last thing you'll ever say. Oh, help. Help. What? Who's over there? It's me, boss. It's Smitty. What happened? Get this roulette wheel off me. I think my legs are broken. Oh. Push up. Push up. Easy. Oh. Hey, oh. you just sit there. I can't move my legs. Got to get me a doctor. What happened? The old man dumped this wheel on top of me and then he beat it. What did you do to Pappy Bryant? Nothing. I, I was just teasing him. That's all. Please get me a doctor. Will I'm you? sorry, Smitty. I really can't do that. What do you mean you can't? This pain is killing me. If I brought a doctor for you, he might ask questions. Some of the answers might get to the police. What are you saying? Have you noticed the new scent I'm wearing? It's called Sunflower Serenade. You and your perfume. Get me a doctor. Hmm. At least he died with pleasant odor in the room. 
But now, back to Boston Blackie. Mary Wesley, Blackie's girlfriend, becomes involved in a murder because of a crooked charity which she innocently helped sponsor. The dead man is Hobo Jennings, who had been held by the police for questioning and had escaped, only to be shot by his boss, Fancy Dan Carpenter. Also involved is Patricia Weatherford, one of the town's leading debutantes who was chairman of the affair. Blackie decides to step into the case and learns that the roulette wheels of the charity affair have been gimmicked by one Happy Bryant. Blackie goes in search of Bryant. But in the meantime, Dan Carpenter has killed Smitty, another of his henchmen. As we return to our story, Inspector Faraday and Sergeant Matthews are on their way to find Smitty's body. Slow down, Matthews. All right. We near the lot where the body was reported. Okay, Inspector. All right, let's go. Break it up, Chief. Come on. Come on, out of the way. Get back, Get back. All right. You two, come on, move. Okay, step back. Who is it, Inspector? Take a look, Matthews. Isn't that Smitty, your prison pal, Hobo Jennings? Yeah. This should add up to something. Add up to what? Don't you know your arithmetic? Uh-huh. One murder and one murder make two. So? Only maybe they were done by one guy. Those lions sure look ferocious. That's right, Mr. Brian, he's from Boston Blackie. Hello, Brian. Still can't forget the six days, huh? I was hoping you wouldn't. Oh, uh, but uh, brings you to the zoo? You. I was sure you'd be somewhere around animals if you had any spare time, and here you are. You're uh, looking for me? Yeah. Thought you might give me some answers to a couple of questions about roulette wheels, the police shot. Those gimmick wheels, you uh, recognize them? That's right, Brian. They had your touch. Blackie, someday I'm going to gimmick a machine that'll make the world sit up and take notice. Uh-huh. I haven't been appreciated. That's trouble. Yeah. Just wait till I develop this new gimmick. Brian, who gimmicked Hobo Jennings? I, uh, I can't help you on that, Blackie. Who hired you to fix those wheels? I won't tell you, Blackie, but I will say this. The stuff he uses to make him smell good doesn't help him a bit. <laughs> Now, look, Patricia, are you sure I'm not intruding? No, really, Mary, I'm very glad you came. I'm terribly upset. Well, I understand the police asking questions and your friends blaming you for what happened. Oh, will you excuse me, please? Well, sure, certainly. Go ahead. Hello? Patricia, I want you to come right over. Uh, I'm sorry, Dan, I can't. I'm busy. Patricia, you'd better come over here. You wouldn't like it if I came to you. Oh, all right, Dan, I'll be there. Mary, I'm so sorry. You'll have to forgive me. But that was an urgent call from a friend of mine. You do understand, don't you? Well, I wish I did, Patricia. I sure wish I did. Who's there? It's Patricia. Just a minute. What's the idea of bolting your door, Dan? Afraid of somebody? No, just being cautious. I'm glad you're here. You said it was urgent. The only reason I came. There's no need to be so touchy. We've got business to do. What sort of business? We're going to run another charity affair. You count me out. Oh, no. To all intents and purposes, you shall be the chairman. Look, Dan. But this time, you run the wheel yourself. Nobody will suspect the thing. What about Smitty? 
Uh, Hobo Jennings was so lonesome. You killed him. Let us say I expedited his voyage into the hereafter. Do you have any desire to join them? You wouldn't dare. I'm always willing to dare. Especially with so much to gain and so little to lose. But I'm not worried about you, my dear, as long as I have those letters you wrote. Can you are contemptible. I need money in a hurry. So you'll help me again. What do you want me to do? Mrs. Forsythe is contemplating a benefit theater performance for her favorite charity. Persuade her that a bazaar is more profitable. Dan, this is one time you can't get away with it. You wouldn't be thinking of going to the police. No. Then what is there to it? You're going to be chairman, you're going to run the wheel, and you're going to convince Mrs. Forsythe that this time everything will be very legitimate. Dan, no. Stop wasting your breath. Someday I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you don't have the nerve, Patricia. It takes a good deal of courage. Or a good deal of fear. Sergeant Matthew, this is Mary Wesley. Oh, hello, Miss Wesley. Is Blackie in with Inspector Faraday? No, he isn't, but the inspector's busy with another body. I, I don't understand. Well, we found another body which we've identified as a friend of Hobo Jenny. Well, does Blackie know about this? Not unless he killed him. Well, do you know where I can get in touch with Blackie? Well, the inspector was asking me the same thing. Well, I, I just got to talk to him. Well, I know Blackie he should be dropping in here soon. Well, I'm coming over. Well, should I tell him you call if he comes in? No, I'll probably get there before he does. Jennings. Oh. You'd better take it easy with the inspector. I don't think he's too happy. I'll do my best to cheer him up. Hello, Barney. Heard you found another body. Too bad it wasn't yours. Now, is that a nice way to treat a guy who's going to solve the murder for you? Murders, Blanky. They're connected and there were two of them. And if you don't leave me alone, there'll be three. Got any leads on the killer? Not yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah, at least to give you something to do for the next ten years. Now, I have an idea. Leave it alone. It'll go away. Faraday, what mug comes to your mind when I say... Fancy smell. What's that got to do with these murders? Everything. Ever hear of a character named Fancy Dan Carpenter? Hmm? I think he's the head of this charity racket. And probably the killer of both Smitty and Jennings. Where'd you find out about Carpenter? From Pappy Bryant. Though he didn't definitely tell me Carpenter was our man. And who is Pappy Bryant? He's the guy who gimmicks roulette wheels. Now look. Well, Blackie, I thought I'd find you here. What is it, Mary? I think Patricia Weatherford's in trouble. Of course she's in trouble. Did we clear up the Jennings murder? Well, Inspector, I was with her when somebody called. That's right. She she, uh, went to meet whoever it was, but she was afraid. Uh, Mary, do you know who phoned? No, but she called him Dan. Dan. Dan Carpenter. Come on, Faraday. Yeah, let's go. Right. We're going to let Carpenter build us our murder case. See that for myself. Uh, what else do you say? 
He committed suicide. Wrong as usual, Faraday. He was murdered. Carpenter has slumped over his desk with a bullet in him. The front door is bolted from the inside. The bars on those windows are stronger than our jail. There's no other exit or entrance in this room. This I know. Yeah, okay, genius. How do you know it's murder instead of suicide? You say there's a bullet in him. It didn't matter. Now, where is the gun? Why, it's... Well, it must be somewhere on the floor. I don't see it. Well, it's got to be here someplace. Just, uh, let me shove Carpenter away from the desk. Uh, shove away. This drawer's been chipped. Faraday, you still think suicide? Yes. Then who put this gun back in this drawer after Fancy Dan here killed himself? Huh? Well, what? Faraday, I got news for you. Huh? It was murder. And the gun was in the drawer when it shot him. Blanky, don't make it worse than it is. Just let me get this drawer out and I'll show you how it worked. Yeah, uh, push that ashtray out of the way, will you? So I can put this drawer on the top of the desk. Okay. Now, the trigger of the gun was attached to the lock on his desk. Now, when the key fit into the lock and turned it to open, yeah. it also pulled back the hammer of the gun, sending the bullet through the front of the desk drawer right into Carpenter. I think you got something there, Blanky. Now... I also got something from the partition behind the drawer. A bottle of perfume and, uh, this. Pack of letters. Addressed to Mr. Daniel Carpenter from P.W. Sutton Park. P.W.? Patricia Weatherford. Oh, that's society, Dame. They'll love letters, too. So she was in this with Carpenter. Blackie, this is it. This is what? Our case. Look, Carpenter held these letters over the Weatherford Dame, made her go along with them in the racket. She killed them for the letters. Okay, Faraday. You've got your case. Yeah, and I saw this one all by myself. What? Come on, genius. Let's get over to this weather for Dame's apartment. I'll, um, I'll meet you there in about an hour. Where are you going? You want this case wrapped up, don't you? Yeah. Well, I'm going to get some ribbon from Pappy Bryant. <laughs> Only suckers play the wheel, Pappy. Well, who's that? It's me, Pappy. Blackie. How'd you find this place? The address was inside Carpenter's desk drawer. Carpenter's desk? Mm-hmm. What were you doing here? Well, we wanted to talk to him, but we couldn't. Wasn't he home? Yeah, but he wasn't talking. Uh, he's dead. Who did it? Can't figure it out. Looked like suicide when we broke into the apartment. Whoever did kill him was quite a genius. <laughs> How can a killer be a genius? Well, this one was. He figured the neatest trick I've ever seen. Well, what was it? Whoever killed Carpenter probably knew that... Uh, he often went to the desk drawer and that the drawer was always locked. Yes. The killer planted the gun in the desk drawer, gimmicked the trigger so that it would be released when the key in the lock was turned. And what happened? Carpenter went to the desk drawer, turned the key, and one bullet went right through his heart. Hmm. Too bad you couldn't get away with it, Pappy. Huh? I know you're the one who gimmicked the lock. You're crazy, Blackie. Why should I kill Carpenter? He was paying me good money, a good job. Why should I kill him? Revenge. Revenge? For what? Carpenter killed Hobo Jennings and Smitty, didn't he? Yeah, but what do they have to do with me? Hobo Jennings has a lot to do with you, hasn't he? I don't know what you're talking about. On the way over here, I remembered what I'd read in the newspaper morgue. Robert Bryant, alias Hobo Jennings. Jennings was your son, wasn't he? That's right, Blackie, and that smell crazy rat killed him. When my boy got away from the cops, he killed Smitty, too. But you killed Carpenter. Sure, I killed Carpenter, just like I'm going to kill you. Put that wheel down, Bryant. Sure, Blackie, on top of you. Your roulette wheel missed, Pappy, but your number's up. I've been waiting for you here in Miss Weatherford's apartment, Blanky. Oh, that's nice. 
Seems like Shane says she's innocent. I am. She is? Now, look, Blackie, you know she's guilty. What are you handing me? I've already handed it to you. Your killer is down at headquarters and dictated a complete confession to Sergeant Matthews. Oh, thank heaven. So you're Miss Weatherford. Yes. And you're Boston Blackie? And I'm little Goldilocks. Blackie, what's this all about? Miss Weatherford did not kill Dan Carpenter. That's what I told the inspector, but he didn't believe me. Well, you had good reason to kill him. That's right. You didn't. Thank you. For nothing. Like if she didn't kill Carpenter, who did? Happy Bryant. There we go with this Bryant character. Where does he fit into this? He killed Carpenter because Carpenter killed his son, Hobo Jennings, whose real name was Robert Bryant. Blackie, how did you figure this? Easy. What? Realized that only a mechanical whiz could fix that cute trick to kill Carpenter. Huh? And even though Miss Weatherford is a cute trick, she was no mechanical whiz. <laughs> Next one is, uh, it's the Falcon. Murder is a family affair. And I like the Falcon. He's a little bit flirty, but, uh, he keeps to his business, but he is a flirt. And, uh, of course he's not married on the show, so he gets to do that, huh? Uh, <laughs> so, I hope it isn't too much flirting for his real wife if he has one, but I guess that's between him and her. But, uh, I like him. And it's called Murder is a Family Affair. Use Gem Blades. Use Gem Blades. Use Gem Blades. Gem Razors and Gem Blades present The Adventures of the Falcon. Yes, this is the Falcon. Oh, Nancy, I'm glad you called. What's on the program for tonight? <laughs> well, it sounds like an awfully dead evening, baby. But you can never tell. Tomorrow there may be morning. 
Once again, Gem Blades, the razor blades that help you avoid five o'clock shadow, bring you the adventures of the Falcon. The Falcon, as you know, is Michael Waring, freelance detective, who's always ready with a hand for oppressed men and an eye for repressed women. So join him tonight when the Falcon learns murder is a family affair. It's a rainy Tuesday evening in New York, and the city streets are deserted save for a dark red convertible which is parked at the curb. And at the wheel sits Brenda Sinclair, fondling her pet Pekingese, Wang Poo. No, 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 baby, don't be impatient. Daddy's going to meet us shortly. Then you and Mama are going to go far, far away where nasty men can't find us. Hello, Brenda. Oh, Kenny, darling. Have you been waiting long? It seemed like years. That's just the way I felt in that hallway. Ray. Hello, Sinclair. Fancy meeting you here. I thought I warned you to stay away from my wife. Brenda doesn't care about you. She hasn't for years. Ray, I'm leaving you. Really? Kenny and I are going away on a little trip. Maybe Kenny is, Brenda, but not you. Ray, put away that gun. What's the idea, Sinclair? I warned you to stay away from my wife, Kenny, but you wouldn't listen. Ray! Maybe this is the only language you can understand. Ray, don't! judgment of this court that you be confined to state's penitentiary, and on the night of November 27th, you shall be electrocuted there as provided for by state law. And may God have mercy on your soul. Visitors for you. Hello, Mike. Nancy. Hello, Ray. Ray. Uh, have, have you heard anything yet? You better tell him, Mike. Ray, we we just got back from seeing the governor. Bad news, huh? I'm sorry, Fernand. I wasn't very hopeful. No matter how you put it, I, I still killed a man in cold blood. Well... We Sinclairs never did have much luck with our women anyway. At least you'll be glad to know your brother Danny broke the jinx. Ah, oh, good for him. Too bad I never got a chance to meet his wife. What what do you think of her, Nancy? Gloria is all right. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Danny deserves the best. He, he's a good kid. One in a million. He and Gloria are waiting at my apartment. Mike, I wonder if you'd do me a great favor. You don't have to ask, Ray. I'm a little worried about Danny. I'm afraid he may go off the deep end after this. You know, he always felt that Brenda was responsible for this mess. I understand. He's just a kid, Mike. He's got screwy ideas. Will you keep an eye on him? It's a promise. Mike, what what time is it? Almost nine. (laughs) They say the last 60 minutes are the toughest Got a cigarette? Oh, sure. Have one, Nancy? Yes, please. No, not three on a match. <laughs> Mike, you're 
going to stick around for the... I'd like you to. Very much. <laughs> It's all over, Gloria. I know. We heard the flash on the radio. Where's Danny? In the living room. How's he taking it? Not so good, Mike. If he'd only yell or, or cry, I could understand it. But he just sits there and looks at the wall. He won't even talk to me. Shh. Hello, Danny. Hello. How's the boy? Great. Danny, I... I can't tell you... Mike... Mike, maybe Danny would like some coffee. Oh, that's a swell idea, darling. Why don't you make some? No, don't bother, Nancy. Danny, for heaven's sake, stop it. I'm sorry, Gloria. Danny, you've got to stop tormenting yourself. We know what you're going through. No, I don't think you do, Nancy. Uh, Mike, did you make all the funeral arrangements? Uh, no, you see, kid, it... It was kind of taken out of my hands. Oh, what do you mean? Your sister-in-law, Brenda, claimed the body. Oh, good old Brenda... She doesn't miss a trick, does she? I hope there were plenty of sob sisters around to catch her act. Yes, she ought to get a headline out of it. And without any effort. All right, Danny, spill it. What have you got on your mind? Murder. Danny! That's right, Gloria. I got an appointment with, with Brenda tonight. But I'm afraid she doesn't know about it yet. Danny, you're not being funny. I didn't intend it to be. Why don't you get wise to yourself? What? It's time you grew up. Try to be a man for a change and not a, a sniveling brat. Oh. I'm glad to find out what you think of me, Gloria. Oh, Danny, don't you see she's only telling you that for your own good? Oh, don't argue with him, Nancy. It isn't worth the effort. He'll go along all his life feeling sorry for himself, wondering why everybody picks on him. But I've seen kids of ten with more stuff than he's got. Anything else you'd care to add? No, I've said my piece, Danny. Anytime you want to go, it's perfectly all right with me. Thanks for your permission, dear. Mike, don't let him. Danny, where'd you get that gun? It's yours. I got it out of your desk drawer. Let me have it. I'm sorry, friend. No can do. Danny, I want you to give me that gun. Now, Mike, you've been swelling me so... Please, don't make me do something I'll be sorry for. I'll stay where you are. Are you going to give me that gun? Oh! I'll come closer next time, Mike. Danny, listen to me. I have, Gloria, and I've taken it very much to heart. So I'm just a kid making big talk, am I? Well, watch me change to a man of action. Now we have to worry about Danny and hope he'll realize that Brenda's not worth shooting. Well, there isn't anything I can do about that. But here's something I can do to help a lot of you who have five o'clock shadow. I can tell you that nine times out of ten men will stay face neat right around the clock by shaving the gem way. That is, with a gem razor and a genuine gem blade. I know it takes a definite effort on your part to change your shaving method, but I promise you that if you shave the gem way, your effort will be repaid every day of your life. Gem razors are again available at your dealers. Get one if you haven't one already, and begin immediately to enjoy gem's famous features, such as the clever face-fitting bevel, which compels you to use the master barber's long, gliding stroke. And, too, you'll like the way the super-keen gem blade gets the beard at skin level. So close, clean, and comfortable. So try the gem way, won't you? Avoid five o'clock shadow with a gem razor and gem blades. Now 
Now, back to the adventures of the Falcon. It's a few minutes later, and in Mike's apartment, the Falcon and Gloria listen anxiously while Nancy makes a call. Well, Nancy? Oh, the operator couldn't give me the number, Mike. Now, how are you going to warn Brenda? I really don't see why you people are so concerned. Danny won't do anything. You're wrong, Gloria. Look, Mike, I'm married to him. I know how he reacts. Why, Danny could no more kill her than I could. Basically, he's just a sweet kid. Just a sweet kid bent on murder. Well, then, you think he meant what he said? Every word. Well, well then why don't you do something? I'm trying to, Gloria. Now, let me think. Now, you do that, Mike, but I'm not going to sit around and wait any longer. I'm going after Danny. Gloria, come back here. Let her go, darling. It'll give her something to occupy her mind. But shouldn't we phone the police or, or something? I'd rather not. If it ever gets out that Danny's gunning for his sister-in-law, it'll make a Roman holiday for the newsboys. Well, what do you think Danny will be doing meanwhile? In case you've forgotten, darling, that boy is wired for sound. And suppose we attempt a little short-circuiting. Maybe we can still beat him to her apartment. Get your coat, baby. It's worth a try. You did, Miss Brenda, didn't you, baby? Hmm? Come on, let's see who it is, darling. Oh, it's you, De Silva. What do you want? How can I talk to you when all the time you got that lousy dog in your lap? Don't speak that way about Wang Pu. Excuse me, please. Brenda, in the last month, you borrowed close to 12 grand from me. You'll get your money back. Sure. But when, Brenda? Any day, as soon as they settle Ray's estate. I got news for you, darling. What are you talking about? Papa didn't leave you a cent. How do you know? It's my business to know. He's a dirty double-crosser, and after I gave him the best years of my life. You know, for a smart dame, Brenda, you don't use your head so good. Twelve grand don't mean so much to the silver. You'd like me to call him off, huh? What's the catch, De Silva? You never gave away anything in your life. No catch? Just marry me. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> you could do worse. Why, you fat slob, I wouldn't have you for all the gold in your teeth. <laughs> for a damn who's in hockey, you're awful fussy. Don't make me laugh. Now go on, get out. You want to watch your mouth, girlie. Nobody ever talks to the silver like that. Are you threatening me, you big ape? Come on in. Hello, Brenda. Oh. Why, Sugar Plum, this is a surprise. It was awfully sweet of you to call. Isn't it sweet of me, too? Oh, Nancy, I didn't see you. Are we interrupting something? No, nothing important. Mr. De Silva was just leaving, weren't you, fat sir? I'll have you a little joke. <laughs> Maybe when you think him over, they won't be so funny. <laughs> oh, there, 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 darling. Did nasty man frighten Mama's baby? Isn't she sweet, Michael? Hmm. She's pedigreed, you know. Takes after her mother, doesn't she? Yeah. What did you mean by that crack? You exactly little... what now you girls, think now I mean. Well, now. Nancy never liked me, Michael. You were the only one who ever understood me. Yes. Why, Sugar Plum. Oh, come now, Brenda. This is Sugar Plum, remember? He knew you when. Very funny. Well, what do you want? I don't suppose you came around to offer your condolences. No, but I came around to offer some advice. Your brother-in-law, Danny's gunning for you. Look, Mike, if that's all you've got to say, you can beat it. Little Brenda can look after herself. Oh, 
car, darling. Let's go. Okay. Oh, uh, Sugar Plum. Huh? Did Ray leave all his money to Danny? Why? Nothing. It just dawned on me that my brother-in-law isn't such a kid at that. He's got possibilities. The right woman could do a lot for him. Maybe the right woman could. But if I were you, I'd forget it, Brenda. Mm. But then you're not me, dear. Because what I've forgotten, you'll never learn. Good night, you lovely people. you dropped in. Nothing could keep me away. Here, let me take your coat. Never mind. Now, Danny, don't be mean to Brenda. Now that poor Ray is gone, that just the two of us left. We've got to look out for one. And... Danny. Danny, put away that gun. As soon as I've finished. <laughs> You're frightening Wang Poo. What about you? Danny, you've got to believe me. It wasn't my fault. You're quite fool. You're crazy, Danny. You're crazy. You'll never get away with it. They'll fry you like they did Ray. I don't think so. Danny, please, please. <laughs> Mike, I'm worried. But there's no reason to be, Nancy. When I think of Danny roaming the streets with a gun, I... Well, don't you worry about Brenda. That baby can take care of herself. And don't you know her? Yes, and don't I know... (coughs) And just how well did you know her before she met Ray, darling? Ah, saved by the bell. Come in. Mike. Mike, did you find Danny? No, didn't you? No, I, I looked everywhere. I even went up to Brenda's apartment. Well? There was no answer. Mike, I'm scared. But there's nothing to be scared about. Oh, excuse me. Hello, Falcon? Yes? This is Johnny Gleason down at headquarters. Oh, hi, Sergeant. How's tricks? Well, uh, outside of a couple of twinges in my back, I can't complain. Say, um, Falcon, you were a friend of Ray Sinclair, weren't you? That's right. Then it might interest you to learn that murder runs in the family. What are you babbling about? Danny just knocked off his sister-in-law. No. There must be some mistake. There's no mistake. He tried to kill himself afterwards, but he lost his nerve. Listen, Gleason. Hold everything. I'm coming right down. Take your time, Falcon. There's no hurry. The way it looks now, your friend's going to be with us for a long, long time. Check me if I'm wrong, Danny. After you pulled the rod, your sister-in-law tried to move away from you. That's right. Whereupon you made a couple of more speeches and then you let fly at her. What'd you do after that? I turned the gun on myself. Then you passed out? Yes, sir. Well, I think that takes care of everything. Now, if you'll just sign this... Oh, now what? Gleason, tell him to let me in. All right, George. Hello, Danny. Hello, Mike. 
How do you feel? Oh, all right, I guess. I want you to tell me exactly what happened. If you don't mind, Falcon, I was here first. Now, go ahead, kid. Sign it. Now, what's that? His confession. Hold it, Danny. Gleason, have you seen Charlie De Silva? You mean the loan shark? Yes. He had a fight with Brenda tonight. She was in hock to him. I heard all about it. We had him on the carpet an hour ago. How come you let him go without informing me? Look, Falcon, I was under the impression the new mayor's name was O'Dwyer. Well, can't you give me a little time to get all the angles? Why do you want to give the kid false hopes? We know who killed the dame. He admits it. He's right, Mike. Yeah, and this is the gun you used, isn't it? Yes, sir, I took it from Mike's apartment. Let's see that. Anything to waste time. Yes, that's mine. Only when he took it, it was fully loaded. Say, wait a minute, Danny. How many shots did you fire at Brenda? One. And one at yourself, is that right? Yes. And before you left my place, you took a pot shot at me. Oh, he did, did he? Now, that's not the point, Gleason. How many shots in all does that make? Uh, don't tell me. Uh, 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 three. All right, Einstein. Look at this chamber. There are four exploded shells in there. How do you explain that? It's easy. He shot the girl twice. Did you find two slugs in her? Well, no. Then what happened to the other bullet? It went wild? No, it didn't. I only shot her once, and then I turned the gun on myself. You're lying. Use your head, Gleason. He's admitted killing her. What motive would he have to lie about that missing bullet? It must be somewhere in her room. Did any of your boys find it? What was the point of looking? And you can't have any objections if I do. Falcon, will you stop trying to complicate matters? Come on, Sergeant. Be a sport. Give me an hour to look over Brenda's apartment. If I can't find the shell by that time, I'll advise Danny to sign the confession. There'll be no more horsing around? I give you my word. Okay, here's the key. of that hour have we got left? About 20 minutes. Well, we'll have to work a lot faster. Well, there's one sure thing. That slug isn't anywhere on this floor. No. Suppose we try to reconstruct what happened. How? I'll play Danny and you play Brenda. Oh, this ought to be fun. What do I do? Well, according to Danny's story, he was standing over by the sofa. Mm-hmm. Now, you back away from me as if you were afraid. You mean like, like this? Oh, that's perfect. I pull out the gun. Mike, put that thing away. It's all right, dear. I just want to make this as realistic as possible. Well, let's not overdo it. You don't have to point it at me. Don't haggle, Nancy. Get on with your act. Pretend you're Brenda. Now, what would you say? Um, <clears throat> um, now, you wouldn't shoot poor little me. Now, would you, sugar plum? I certainly will if you continue with that sugar plum routine. Where'd you pick that up? From Brenda. Oh. The question is, where did she pick it up? Now, darling, stick to your script. Where were we? Oh, yes. You just finished pleading for your life. And it's availed me nothing. Right. So now I shoot. Bang! Am I dead? Very. Just crumpled gracefully to the floor. Oh, that's the way. <sighs> How do I look as a corpse? Not so good. Oh, and I thought I gave a wonderful performance. No. No, something's missing. Did I leave out a sugar plum? Say, wait a minute. I think I've got it. Sure, you know what's wrong with this picture. You didn't have... Mike. I heard it. Maybe someone's coming in here. Just stay quiet. Hello, De Silva. Huh? I said hello. Now shut the door and come in. What are you doing here? Since when I got to answer your questions. Might be smart if you did. See this? Oh, 
Put that right away, Falcon. You're not frightening anybody. Except me. Nancy, phone Sergeant Gleason. Tell him I'm taking De Silva over to my apartment. Ask him to bring Danny there. But, Mike, isn't that highly irregular? Highly. But then, dear, this is a most unconventional murder. You know something, Falcon? I got a hunch you're going to be very sorry about this. And I got a hunch, De Silva, you may be right. Nancy, that must be Sergeant Gleason. Will you let him in? Mm-hmm. Hello, Sergeant. Hiya, Nancy. Oh, and you brought a friend along. How nice. Hiya, Nancy. Fine. Guess who's here? What? Gloria. <laughs> Gloria. Danny, oh, darling. Oh. Now, don't ogle Gleason. It's not polite. Oh, Sergeant, I believe you know Mr. De Silva. We've met. Uh. Nancy, will you lock the door, please? Certainly. Um, what will I do with the key? Put it where no one can get it. I know just the place. Hey, don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry, Sergeant. It slipped. Very comical. I know a good one, too. Suppose I tossed you all in the clink. Relax, Gleason. I'll tell you why Nancy did that. It better be good. It is. The killer of Brenda Sinclair is in this room. You don't have to tell me. I brought him here. Well, if you did, he's not getting out alive. What are you talking about? Why do you think I had Nancy lock that door? You expect to sweat a confession out of someone? More than that, Gleason. Give me half an hour and that someone will be sweating blood. Only this time it'll be his own. say is that the Falcon's going to find it slightly grim if he doesn't make good. You know, that's one thing that never worries me when I make statements about the gem way of shaving. Gem always makes good. And now the gem razors are once more available at all dealers. More men than ever before can shave the gem way and so avoid five o'clock shadow. You know, of course, that to get the best out of your gem razor, you must use gem blades. They fit precisely, shave perfectly. Their super-keen, deep wedge edge gets the beard at the base, clean and close. No topping the beard. No little islands of stubble left on your chin. You get incredibly close, smooth shaves, which naturally last much longer. That's why we can say that a gem shave will keep your face socially acceptable right around the clock. So try the gem way of shaving. Avoid five o'clock shadow with a gem razor and gem blades. Now, back to the adventures of the Falcon. Twenty-five minutes have passed since Mike Waring made his promise to reveal the killer of Brenda Sinclair. And now, in the Falcon's apartment. Well, how about it, folks? Anybody feel like confessing? How about you, De Silva? They say it's good for the soul. You can go right Easy, to... easy now, fellas. Look, Falcon, a joke's a joke. But, but what? Uh, if you don't open that door... I'm sorry, Gleason. You saw Nancy lose the key. No one's leaving until the murderer confesses. But Danny killed her, didn't you, kid? Well, I'm not so sure now. Say, what goes on here? Well, I only fired three shots out of that gun. So you did. But the chamber shows that four were fired. Maybe you'd like to know what happened to that missing bullet. Did you find it in Brenda's apartment, Falcon? No. That's what put me on the right track. You didn't, so it did. 
Oh, why didn't I learn a trade? Try to visualize this scene, Sergeant. Because this is what must have happened after Danny shot Brenda. We know. She keeled over dead. That's just it. She wasn't dead then. That bullet didn't touch her. I know mine's crazy. No one ever saw Brenda unless she was carrying about that pet Pekingese of hers. Wang Poo. It was the only thing she was fond of. So what? Well, that's where your missing bullet went. It hit the dog. What? That's right. And Brenda fainted from sheer fright, as anyone might. But Danny didn't know that. He turned the gun on himself. Next, our murderer enters. He sees Brenda and Danny out cold. So he takes the gun out of Danny's hand and pumps a shot into Brenda. And he exits. But not before he removes the dying dog. Why? He had to. Otherwise, it would give the whole show away. Am I right, De Silva? How would I know that? That's right, you wouldn't. Come to think of it, you had no real motive to kill Brenda. You wanted either Brenda or the money you loaned her. Well, with her dead, you were out of luck on both counts. So if we want to find our killer, we'll have to look elsewhere for him. Mike, you said him. Then our murderer is a man. That was a figure of speech, dear. It happens our killer is a woman. Isn't she, Gloria? Huh? That's right. She killed Brenda. What? The whole thing's crazy. I killed her. No, you only thought you did, Danny. Isn't that right, Gloria? What am I supposed to do? Break down and confess? It might help if you want to get out of here. I'm in no hurry. I can stay all night. I hope your guest room is comfortable. I'm afraid you'll never live to use it. I see you've got a Band-Aid on your hand. Is that where Wang Poo nipped you when you picked him up? Oh, oh, oh. Will this go on much longer? Not much. I had some of the blood on Brenda's carpet analyzed. It was dog's blood. And the vet told me that the hound had rabies. And whoever handled it was bound to get hydrophobia. Do they have hydrophobia, Gloria? You're not frightening me. You must have gotten that fight around 10 o'clock. That means the incubation period is almost over. Maybe a half hour more. They tell me unless you get to a doctor fast, it starts off with a burning sensation. By the way, Gloria, how does that hand feel? Kind of itchy, hmm? Stop. Stop it, Mike. You're not funny. There's an awful temptation to scratch it, isn't there? Better watch out for that, darling. That spreads the infection all the faster. Cut it out. For heaven's sake, cut it out. Why, Gloria, where are you going? That door's locked, remember? Let me out of here. Let me out. I've got to get to a doctor, please. Please, let me out. Michael. Hmm? There wasn't any blood on Brenda's carpet. That's right. And that pooch didn't have rabies. Of course not. was a nice touch, though, wasn't it? Oh, lovely. It just goes to prove what a terrible thing a guilty conscience can be. Yes, but I still don't understand why Gloria killed Brenda. Oh, she didn't intend to originally. She thought Danny was going to do it for her. But when he fumbled the ball, she had to do the job herself. I, I don't follow you. Well, Gloria knew the cops would grab Danny for the murder. You mean she wanted to get rid of him? That was her fondest desire. When Ray went to the chair, Danny became a rich kid. If anything happened to him... His money would go to Gloria. Natch. Could you ask for a better motive? Then when she bawled Danny out before he left... She was just trying to goad him on. Mm -hmm. But, Mike... Now, darling, I've told you everything. Oh, no. There's one thing you forgot. What? Brenda called you sugar plums. How do you explain that? Oh, Nancy, let's not go into that now. It's a long story. Oh, but that's the kind I like best. Come here, darling. Uh, now, Michael, stop. You're not going to get out of it like that. I didn't intend to, dear. You wanted to hear the story of Brenda and Sugar Plum. Yes. Well, what you got just then was uh, the prologue.
Murder is a grave situation. Murder is a grave situation. That's the title of next week's Adventure of the Falcon, when Mike Waring learns that even those with double trouble can only die once. So be sure and listen next week at this same time to another gay, exciting Adventure of the Falcon. And in the meanwhile, avoid five o'clock shadow with a gem razor and gem blades. The Adventures of the Falcon are based on the famous character created by Drexel Drake. James Meehan was starred as the Falcon. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. a request for the Lone Ranger and uh, I think I've picked out a good one for you. Um, It's one that I hadn't heard before and it's called Theft of Silver. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Masked Rider of Justice brings us another exciting story of the Old West tonight. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. And once again we hear the inspiring cry. Hey, old Silver! The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, old boy! Someone's waiting for us in the cafe near Abilene. I'm a sorry old fellow. of time, many high-bred horses had disappeared from ranches in the neighborhood of Abilene. No one had been able to trace them nor to discover the thieves. At last, Cal Cummings, most prominent of the ranchers, directed the sheriff to ask the help of the Texas Rangers. A letter was written and addressed to Ranger headquarters and entrusted to the care of one of the townspeople of Abilene for delivery. The first scene of tonight's Lone Ranger drama opens outside a small cafe on the outskirts of Abilene. Zeke Skinner had been spending his money too freely for drink. And as the evening progressed, he talked more than was wise. His careless conversation was overheard. 
And when he staggered from the cafe, he was halted by the threat of a heavy gun and the stern voice of the Lone Ranger. Stand where you are, Skinner. Well, what does this mean? Go through his pockets, Tonto, and find that paper he was talking about this evening. Me get him. Here, mister. You can't do this to You'll me. You'll see what we can do. But, mister, I ain't got nothing for you to steal. Time I... to go back to Abilene, didn't you? Oh, boy. Can't a man just talk? Did you find the paper, Tonto? Me got paper here. Let me see it. That's my property. You can't... This is what we want, Tonto. Hip! Get to the saddle. Uh, me, me ready. Hey. Now for Abilene. Hail One evening, several days after the masked man took the paper from Zeke Skinner, Cal Cummings stood at the Abilene Bar with a the sheriff. Their conversation is about the theft of horses in the neighborhood. Cummings is speaking. Tell you, Sheriff, there just ain't no way to account for this horse thief that's been working around here. It's got me beat, Cal. That's why I was willing to send for rangers. I know when I'm again something I can't savvy. Oh, you're a smart hombre, Sheriff. I reckon you savvy that men in my position won't tolerate the loss of high-bed horses for very long. Don't get wrong notions, Cummings. I ain't sent for the rangers just because you ordered me to. No? I done it simply because I can't locate the horse thieves myself. And I hate horse thieves worse than killers. I'll see the rats hung if I have to send for the hull-blamed army. Reckon, Sheriff, I'll change my mind about buying a drink. I figured me and you understood each other. I buy my own drinks. Then I don't owe nothing to no one. Well, I'll join my tap pan over yonder. <laughs> Someday, Steve, I'll take some of that high-handed way out of that, Sheriff. Yeah, I'm with you, Cummins. How are things fixed for tonight? All set. The boys have got that big white horse spotted at the hitch rack again. Good. Found the man that owns him yet? No, but it's true that he goes masked. He's a hard man to locate, though. Well, he must be close by if the horse is here. What about the other horse? A redskin owns it. He's the masked man's partner. Darn curious. They hitch the horses outside and then don't show up nowhere. Yeah, that makes stealing the big horse risky. You don't know where they'll come from. Everything is set, though, ain't it? Yeah, if only the plans work out. We'll get the high sign in a few moments. Despite of the way Cummings had spoken to the sheriff, he himself was the leader of the thieves. Silver, the Lone Ranger's horse, seemed to him a splendid prize, and Cummings' men were given orders to steal it. Silver put up a terrific battle as the crooks dragged him from the hitch rack. The masked man and Tonto were at the rear of the cafe watching Cal Cummings when they heard the commotion at the front. Tonto, that's Silver. What matter? Come on, we'll see what's going on out front. They're taking Silver away. You take white color. Go get him, thief. If only I could shoot to kill. And there, other horse near. White fellow. I'll take your horse. You take the other. 
We'll get after those thieves. Silver will fight those crooks every step of the way. Eddie, come I'll take it. All right, stranger. Heist them. We got you covered. Put down those guns. My horse is stolen. Keep your hands high or we shoot. Don't take no risks, mister. We're Texas Rangers. You? That's right. We're here to get the horse thieves. And it looks like we got him. What's going on here? What's all the noise? Them's the Texas Rangers. We seen this mask on Brain Engine taking horses. And the engine's set to mount one with a CC brand. Well, that's my horse. My own horse has been stolen. We were borrowing a horse to get after the thieves. Tell that to the jury. We got him covered. Gosh, it don't take you gents long to make an arrest. Oh, you're the sheriff, huh? Yep, my jail's at your disposal. We figured something funny when we seen a masked man coming this way on the run. If you were here, you saw thieves make off with my horse. (laughs) That's a likely story. I'll help you lock him up. Maybe they'll tell where the other mounts is hid. Gahula! Yes, Tonto. What's that? Onal Tula. Tu Talu. That's all we can do, Kimosabe. Hey, cut that chattering engine. You're under arrest. The only reason I don't draw and shoot is because one of you would have to die. But there's another way. You're under arrest. Now, Tonto. How he got him? Last out. Come on, come on. Got loose. Shoot him. Get this bitch, Kimosabe. He got us off guard. Get your gun. Come on. Two doctors see him. Get this engine off me. Well, I got the engine. Well, we got him anyhow. Uh, you got me. That all right. You'll pay for this. Thought you were slick to jump us and spill a lot of us. You let the masked man get away. Oh, take it easy. We'll corral him later on. The main thing is we got one of the horse thieves. We ought to drill him on the spot. No, don't do that. Take him to jail. Make him tell all he knows. Keep him there till he gets hung. The Lone Ranger had made his escape for two reasons. He knew that as long as he was held in jail, he could not recover silver. And once captured, the mask that concealed his identity would be taken from his face. While Tonto kept the sheriff, Cummings, and the other two men busy, the masked man fled on Tonto's horse. Some hours later that same night, we find the two men, Ben and Dave, in Cal Cummings' ranch house. We hear Ben speaking. Me and Dave hung around town for a while, Cummings. Then we come out here. Yeah, it was Ben's idea to see what the talk in town was. What is the talk? Well, everyone's convinced the engine is a horse thief. <laughs> it was sure lucky break for us, catching him hands down like that. Trying to steal my horse. That was done on purpose. The boys left that one of yours where they got the big whacking from, figuring the masked man would ride it. It didn't happen like we figured. But it worked out all right. Kale, it was sure a slick scheme, making everyone, including the sheriff, think we was Texas Rangers. We got you boys here without rousing suspicion. It sure did. Now you'll be able to do a lot for us. Just watch us. <laughs> Wonder what the sheriff say if he knowed about his letter to the governor asking Texas Rangers. Well, what did you do with it? I give Zeke his orders on it and paid him off. Think he's likely to come back? No, not him. Now then, boys... Let's get down to some planning. Well? I got a half a dozen other horses lined up to take. All good ones? The finest. Just give us the orders, that's all. I got an idea to make folks more than ever sure the engine and his part are horse thieves. Yeah? And get us horse flesh into the bargain. Oh, 
Let's hear it, Cal. The engine has got to make his escape. Mm, I don't hanker to see that happen. When he busts loose, he takes a lot of horses with him. Oh, it might be fixed to look like that party is where the mask busted him out. That's it. Wonder where he went to, anyway. Oh, he'll be a long ways from here by this time. Reckon he's still riding. Now, we got to make dead sure of one thing. What's that? That the engine travels when he gets loose. Any reason why he wouldn't travel? I don't take chances, boys. Well? we got to start lynch talk. Lynch him? Is that what you mean? That wouldn't work out for your plan. You can't lynch him. Oh, he won't get lynched. We'll get a mob riled, though. Then when he gets out, he'll travel fast. I don't expect the sheriff will take to lynching. Well, I'll have one of the boys keep him in tow away from the jail. Steve can rile the lynch mob. That sounds like a good scheme, eh? Hey, Cummins. Now, Steve. That white horse is a devil on four legs. I can't handle the critter at all. Where's he at? The stable. It was all quiet and calm. Then all of a sudden... Well? Gosh, I wish you'd seen it. Them ears poke forward and the head come up, and then it's touted in Ray's in particular Ned. Biting, pawing, kicking, I don't know what now. Gosh, it's a powerful critter. That ain't all. I seen them shoes it's wearing, and boss, I never seen none like them before. How's that? I'd stake my life on it. They're solid silver. Silver? Wait. Leaping buzzards. Silver shod horse. Pure white. Strong as a dozen horses. Listen, I'll open the door. Shut up, Steve. Don't you savvy it? If that horse is what I think, we got the most famous horse in the world. How's that? You never hear tell of Silver? Silver? You mean the owner's man? The Lone Ranger, that's what. Listen to that critter kicking howl. Listen here. If that's the Lone Ranger, he wouldn't ride away from here. He wouldn't leave that horse. The horse was quiet till a while back, and then he started in. And that means its master's around here somewhere. Get all the boys out. Have them scour this ranch for the masked man. I'll go get him. Throw a guard around the stable. I will. Give orders if that man seen to shoot him on sight. Come on. You too, Dave. Right. The chance of a lifetime. Boys, we got the famous silver and never noticed. We're going to do big things with him. The curtain falls on the first act of tonight's Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. continue our story. You will recall that in the first act of tonight's Lone Ranger drama, Cal Cummings, leader of the thieves who had been stealing horses in the Abilene district, ordered the theft of silver, the great white horse belonging to the masked man. When the Lone Ranger borrowed another horse to pursue the crooks, he and Tonto were arrested by the sheriff 
and two men posing as Texas Rangers. The mystery rider escaped, however, and made his way to the Cummings Ranch, where Silver, sensing his presence, whinnied loudly. Our next scene reveals Cummings and the two false Texas Rangers, seated in their saddles, watching the stable that holds Silver. Horse is quiet now. Reckon the masked man ain't been here after all. Drat the luck. I hope to get a shot at him. So do I. Just as well. If he had been here, he might have heard our plans. And that had spoiled everything. Yeah. But he wouldn't have had the chance to kill if we'd have got him. You might have and you might not. I'm as well satisfied if he's kept aboard the Redskins horse and hightailed it away from these parts. What are we going to do? Stay on guard in the saddle all night? I'll get the boys together and we'll take turns. Well, me and Dave have had a hard day, Cal. It's a long trip from where we sold them other horses to here. Uh, you boys can sleep. you got a busy day tomorrow. I'll see if the stable's guarded. Tomorrow we got to pose as rangers and... Then at night, we got to bust the engine out of jail. <laughs> then take another lot of horses with us when we leave here to hunt the horse thieves. cleverly disguised himself to look like a rancher. Then he entered the sheriff's office, behind which was the town's one-room jail, where Tonto was held. The sheriff, seated at his desk, looked up at the Lone Ranger's approach. You're a stranger around here, mister. Where are you from? You have a prisoner here, Sheriff. Yeah, an Indian horse thief. I'd like to have a look at him. For what? I think he might be a man I saw near the box K spread. Has the Box K lost horses, too? Hadn't you heard? No. The Box K is out in my county. I'll go on back. That door at the rear is the door to the jail room. You can speak to the prisoner between the bars. After I've talked to him, I'll be able to tell you whether or not he's the man we suspect. It don't matter, anyhow. He's sure to hang as soon as he gets tried in court. I'll speak to him. Kimosabe. Mm, me know you come. Tato, I've learned the entire plan. Uh-huh. We weren't sure of our facts until last night, when those men who called themselves Texas Rangers pulled their guns to cover us. Texas Ranger not do that? No. They don't draw their guns until it's time to fire. After I left you, Tato, I went to the Cummings Ranch. You hear things there? Yes. Silver knew I was there, too. He kicked up quite a fuss. Color think you there? Yes, they did. I had to leave, Silver. If I'd taken him, the horse thieves would have known I'd overheard their plans and they would have changed them. Oh. As it stands now, they'll go through with their idea. And it'll give us a chance to prove to everyone that they're crooks. Hey, you there. You from the Box K. Yes? It's taken you a long time to find out what you want to know. I'm nearly through, Sheriff. Well, hurry it up. I'll try to get Silver after the men have left the Cummings Ranch tonight, Tonto. Then I'll come back here. Meantime, two men will come to let you out of jail. What Tonto do? Take this gun. Hide it in your shirt and listen carefully to what I tell you.
Cummings and his scheming companions left the ranch that night, planning to rouse the townspeople against Tonto. As they disappeared from sight, the masked man, silent as a shadow, raced across the open plain to the stable. A moment later, a thunder of hoofs and silver with a lone ranger in the saddle sped into the night. Meanwhile, Cummings, Dave, and Ben took cover behind a dark row of buildings near the jail. Their Confederate Steve was busily playing his part to excite the mob against Tonto. Cummings is giving directions to the two men beside him. Now remember, boys, as soon as we let the red skin out, we get back to my place. Then you two will have to take them horses we picked up the night and start them moving out of these parts. We're taking the same place as the others. Yeah, and sell them fast. Get back here with the cash. Leave it to us, Colonel. I am. I just wish we could take that white horse along. Well, you can't. He's too hard to handle. He'd fetch a good price. I'll leave the critter with me till the next time. Maybe I'll have him broke by then. Oh, ain't it time something happened? Yeah. I figured Steve would have started the lynch talk by this time. What do you say, man? Starting now. Good. I'll pull on every flower and let that finish stand trial. And likely not get found guilty. You know me, boys. I ain't for lynching a man no more than you are. Maybe we better let the law take its course. That's all right in most cases, but now I think we I don't... don't like lynching a man. A horse thief ain't a man. Look at what that critter's done. Sam? You lost two fine horses. Yeah. Pete lost one. What are you going to do about it? Sit back and do nothing? I say we should take the law in our own hands and string the redskin up. Yeah, yeah, seems yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know what'll happen if we don't? You go on trial and say you don't know nothing about the horse stealing. He'd be found guilty, though. We got evidence. What sort of evidence you got? He was catched by Texas Ranger stealing Cal Cummins' horse. Cal's got his horse back now, ain't he? Yeah, that's right. Sure he has. Cal's got his horse back, and the engine can say he'd never seen it. Who's there to prove he did? You can't get them Texas Rangers to testify in court. They don't do business that way. You may be right after all. It'd be a disgrace to the town if the redskin horse thief was to be let go free. That's just it. Maybe if he sees he's going to be strung up, he'll tell us where the rest of the stolen horses are hit. That's a chance to get our horses back. Maybe he will talk at that. Most likely he'll tell where his part's at. I tell you, boys, it's worth trying. What do you say? We get out of this. He's working them along in great shape, ain't he, boys? That bunch is all set to start out any minute now. We'd better be set ourselves. Let's get on our horses. As soon as they start moving to the jail, you boys get on the jump. What about the sheriff? I locate him and stay with him. Come on, boys. We'll take the jail by storm. Who's got him on? The mob of townspeople, raised to a pitch of fury by Steve's speeches, headed for the jail. Cummings left to find the sheriff and keep him from interfering. At the same time, Dave and Ben rode swiftly to the rear of the jail to play their part in the plot engineered by their leader. Here we are, 
Think we can get this back door open as easy as the front? Sure thing. It was a good stunt plan in that lynching. Of course. It's the only way we can make sure the engine be able to run for his life. He's innocent and he knows it. Might be willing to stand trial. Uh, wait a minute. Hey, you Redskin, you in there. What you want? Listen, we're getting this door open, Savvy. We don't want you to get strung up. Hey, let me get this bar in the lock. I'll pry it open. Who are you, fella? You know us, engine. We're the men that put you here. Texas Ranger. That's who we are. Well, we put you here for trial, engine, not to get lynched. Lynch mob come this way. You hear it, don't you? And me not steal horse. You might be able to prove that in a court, but you can't convince a lynch mob of it. What you do now? Stand back, Redskin. I'll fix that lock. Hand that crowbar, Dave. Here. We got a horse. We'd pull you right over yonder. Get aboard it and travel fast. You let me go away? We don't let no man face a lynch mob. Me not go. What are you talking about, you crazy galoot? Don't you hear the men coming here to string you up? Let me hear them. Then get moving. You're free now. Run. Not so fast. What the Sam? You masquerade. You coming? Me got him gun too. What? Get that? into that jail. Uh, you, both of you. Me show me. You. The mob's at the other door right now. You can't do this. We're Texas Rangers. Oh, 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 oh. and selling them. Where's Cal coming? There he is, trying to get away. Come back here, coming. through here. Come on, Cal. We'll see if the man with them guns is telling the true facts. Maybe these are the critters that's been taking horses from your spread after all. Not Cal Cummings' horses. They take the horses which Cummings and Steve and other C.C. Waddies have been stealing from all of you. Those animals go first to Cummings' place. That ain't true. Wait a minute. Cummings. You persuaded the sheriff to send for Texas Rangers, didn't you? Well, I... You gotta admit that much, Cal. Yes, I did. And they come here and found you and that redskin. No Texas Rangers came here. Because you paid the man who was supposed to take the sheriff's letter to stay away from here and not deliver the letter. That ain't so. You can't prove no such charge. You did that so you could bring in those two friends of yours and have them pose as rangers to frame someone in town for horse-stealing. Then you intended to start a lynch mob. Steve did that. Well, Steve's the start of the talk all right enough. Then your two fake Texas Rangers would let the prisoner escape. You plan to have him suspected of stealing a lot more horses. Boys, this all just talk. You can't let a masked man and redskin hold a lot of you at bay with six guns. Rush him. Rush him yourself if you have a mind to. Keep talking, stranger. You got any proof of what you say? I have the letter you wrote, Sheriff. To the Texas Rangers? Here it is. It was never delivered. You can find Zeke Skinner if you want to. 
He'll tell you how much Cal Cummings paid him and how he lost it in a gambling place on the outskirts of Abilene. Now, he ain't a word of truth in what he says. By thunder, he talks a straight story. Is a letter genuine, Sheriff? This is a letter I wrote, all right enough. Why don't you men rush these two? That's it. Don't let the letter of talk you out of doing justice, boys. Maybe they're talking us into doing justice. You want more proof? You got more proof, stranger? Go to Cummings' place right now. You'll find the horses that were taken away from here tonight. Horses stolen from you. You'll also find letters from the men who bought the stolen horses telling Cummings to get more of the same kind. I thunder. All you gotta do is look at Cummings' face to know the masked man tells the truth. Boys, wait. Listen. Don't drop me. I got a right to a trial. You'll Don't. get a trial, all right. And so all these crook parts of yours. That's more than you wanted to give the redskin. Boys, tie him up. You two deputies stand guard till we get the jail doors fixed. Come on, fellas. Let's get out of here. We'll get back a lot of stolen property and jail an armory scheme and pack it. Together again, silver old boy. Guns out of. We're riding. Hello, Silver! famous Lone Ranger stories featuring the jewel players. These exciting western dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit and are sent to you each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.30 p.m. This is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger, Incorporated. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. I hope you guys are sitting comfortably with your shoes off, reared back, or however you like to sit. And I hope you're enjoying your snack or your treat. Mine is not going to be a Sunday for per se this week, but I'm going to have a drumstick. And uh, some people call them Nutty Buddies. But they're like a chocolate cone with uh, vanilla ice cream inside it and then a little piece of chocolate inside the cone. And I can remember when I was 12, we had a store manager. And every time I went in there, he gave me a free ice cream cone. So, yum. I was sure sorry when that store burnt down. Because the next fellow that came in, he didn't give me a free nothing. (laughs) But that's okay. Uh, But I sure missed Larry after he was gone. Um, But this next one is... The Shadow, which we had a request for, and it's called The Computer Calculates But the Shadow Knows. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, a thrilling adventure of the Shadow in his hard and relentless fight against the forces of evil, demonstrating to young and old alike that crime does not pay. Curious character who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret: the hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Now. Listen to the computer calculate, but the shadow knows. One morning at the busy metropolitan branch of the Pinecrest National Bank, two men enter unobtrusively and speak to another customer at the writing counter. Okay, the alarm system is out of commission. The hidden camera is disconnected. Every guard is covered. The mercury chemical payrolls in cage number five point. Okay, here we go. Let's make this job one, two, three. Okay, everybody, this is a sticker. Everybody free. That way nobody gets hurt. All right, boys, make it fast. Come on, you ready to go? Go? The dog show, had you forgotten? Well, I was hoping you had. Lamont, are you anti-dog? <laughs> Some of my best friends are dogs. Cats, too. So next month, we'll go to the cat show. Oh, I have to see the poodle. Well, look who's here, and in a hurry. Commissioner Weston, of all people. Oh, hello, Cranston, Miss Lane. I had no idea you were a dog fancier. I'm supposed to meet my wife here, but I have to leave. Just got word the Pinecrest National Bank was held up ten minutes ago. $100,000 in a clean getaway. Another perfect crime, Cranston. Went like clockwork. See you around. Well, good luck, Commissioner. The poor man always has that problem. And his problems are ours, I'm afraid. Uh, Cranston, Lamont Cranston, as I live and breathe. Brenner, what are you doing here? Uh, a lady friend of mine wants a poodle. Uh, Margot, this is Charlie Brenner. We were at college together. Charlie, this is Miss Lane. My pleasure, Miss Lane. Mr. Brenner? Well, uh, what are you doing now? Uh, be proud of your old school chum, Cranston. The Brunner Electronic Data Company. That's me. Electronic? Well, that's quite a field. Yeah, here's my card. Take a run out to my plant. I'd like to show you around. That could be interesting. Well, you must be doing well. Well, not as well just yet as the guys who knocked off that fine crest bank just now. A hundred thousand dollars in ten minutes of work. Not bad, eh? Yeah, the things some people will do for money. Well, I have to take a look at carriers and then get back to my place. But uh, stop by, Cranston. It's a promise. Nice meeting you, Miss Lane. Bye, Mr. Brenner. Hold it, guys. Hold it. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. I'm glad you could all attend this meeting. I'm sure you're all now quite satisfied that my computer is really in business. Over a period of six months, ten perfect operations have been successfully conducted by various members of your fraternity. Like today, just three hours ago, one of you picked up an easy hundred thousand dollars. In short, gentlemen, the Brenner electronic computer is infallible. You have seen it put to the test. And I think you all now agree that my fee of 20% of the take is quite reasonable. It's cheap at half the price, Brenner. <laughs> We're really in business with this think tank of yours, Brenner. Gentlemen, the Brenner computer is ready for your assignment. 
don't even understand how television works, much less electronic computers. Well, I've just developed an interest in the subject myself. But why? Basic curiosity. We ran into Commissioner Weston ten minutes after the bank holdup. The news had certainly not been broadcast. But a minute later... Charlie Brenner knew the exact amount of money that had been stolen. Yes. Oh, my, my. Well, there's the place now. We'll park near the gate. What a dismal part of town. Yeah, delighted you dropped in so soon, Cranston. You too, Miss Lane. We may be going out of town soon, and Lamont was dying to see your computer. Well, there it is. Ten long years of hard work, Cranston. I'm impressed. Uh, but what does it do? <laughs> That's Johnny McNeil. Hey, Johnny, come over here. Johnny is my chief engineer and a genius, too. Oh, yes, Cranston, I admit I'm one. Hey, Johnny, uh, tell Mr. Cranston and Miss Lane what the Brenner computer can do. Well, in simple language, its potential is limitless, provided sufficient data is set into it. Even now, it could solve almost any mystery of the ages, any puzzle. Ask it any worthwhile question, and it will provide the answer. It could be a great contribution to society. Society? <laughs> Cranston, society has done absolutely nothing for me. It can look after itself. I owe it nothing. Right, Jenny? Right, Mr. Brenner. I'm not sure I like your friends. Oh, we were never really friends. You know what I think? What do you think? I think you think that crazy computer had something to do with that bank robbery and maybe some of the other robberies of late. Just suspicious. I used to be a very nice girl, simple-minded and everything. I think you still are. Simple-minded? Nice. But you know, sometime tonight, the shadow will visit that plant and inspect the confidential file. You're waiting late, Mr. Brenner. Uh, so are you, Johnny. Why don't you call it a day and go home? I have to check something in the file. Oh, there's nobody here, but that file cabinet was closing. Somebody is here. Who's in this room? Somebody's here. Where are you? One thing you may not know, my friend, but we usually carry guns in this place. All right, where are you? Pick up! <laughs> who, who is it? The Shadow. Shadow? You've heard of the Shadow? What do you want here? Say something or I'll start shooting. Sorry I had to do that, my friend. Hey, what's going on, Johnny? You're talking to something? Uh, what the... Hey, Johnny, what's going on in here? He... He hit me. He was looking through the files. I caught him at it. Who? The shadow, Mr. Brenner. He was here in this room. He's invisible. Nobody can see him. He's... Gone now, I think. Uh, Johnny, maybe you've been drinking on the job, huh? You know, this fellow Brenner is a genius. His files are absolutely fantastic. The most intimate details about every bank in this area, every jewelry collection, every big fur storage company. Think of it, Margot. This computer at the disposal of the underworld actually frightening. Can you do anything about it? Well... A computer believes anything it's told. Okay, boys, it goes just like before. Like clockwork, eh, Bart? In ten seconds, we get out of the car. Joey takes it into the parking lot and stays with it for exactly seven minutes and then comes out. Boys, 
There's no parking lot there. Look. Oh, that lousy computer. It said there was. All right, never mind. Stop the car, Joey. Okay. Everybody out. Joey, drive around the block once. The rest of the job goes on schedule. Come on. All right, no slip-ups now. Let's go in. Okay, in three seconds, the alarm system and hidden camera will be out of order. They're on the same switch. Okay, everybody, this is a stick-up. Nobody move. Hey, boy, you said the telling cage ball was the gun. It's a guy. What's going on with that music? I got the wrong switch. He turned the music on. Nobody move. Okay, take number four. The payroll goes in there. Okay, you're behind the cage. Fill it back. Hurry up, buddy. I'm not your buddy. I'm a princely hey, man. Johnny, what happened to the computer? Nothing, Mr. Brenner. Everything went wrong on that bank job. The teller in number four cage was supposed to be a girl. He said it was a guy just out of college, a boxing champion. He jumped over that cage before Cerise and his boys knew what was happening. And then the police came in. Forty-two policemen. Payday. They were cashing their checks. Uh, Johnny, unless we find out what went wrong with the computer, we're out of business. Nothing went wrong. Somebody fed false data into it. The shadow. Yes, Mr. Brenner, the shadow. All right. Then we have to settle with the shadow. The computer's going to tell us who the shadow is. Lamont, is it possible? I mean, could that Brenner computer really find out who the shadow is? Yes, it could. Darling, I'm scared. All it has to do is find a pattern. Who is constantly in the vicinity of a crime in which the shadow is involved? Careful research in newspaper and magazine files. The questioning of criminals who've had contact with the shadow. And the computer will come up with the right answer. It could, yes. I suppose I'll have to continue to keep a close watch on it. Perhaps help it along. Coming through, Johnny. I think we've done it. Okay. Here's the data sheet, Johnny. Look. Incredible. I don't believe it. I think I'll make a phone call. Commissioner Weston, please. This is Charles Brenner of Brenner Electronics. Commissioner Weston, what can I do for you, Mr. Brenner? You can come to my office, and we can have a talk. What's on your mind? The shadow. The shadow? Yes, I know who the shadow is. I'll expect you here in one hour, Commissioner. You didn't waste any time, Commissioner. Let's say I have a long time interest in the shadow. Sit down. And you know who the shadow is? We both know, Commissioner. I didn't come here to play games. But you've been playing games for years. What's on your mind? Rest easy, Commissioner. I can keep a secret, too. I'm still listening. I'll spell it out, Commissioner. My computer says you are the shadow. Your computer must be some kind of nut. My computer is infallible, Commissioner, so let's not waste time. All right. Commissioner, you may know that behind the cover of a legitimate business, I'm now providing a special service to the underworld. Okay, fellow. Oh, I know it. It's talking. Well, I, uh, I don't know how you accomplished this shadow trick, but it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and you want your secret kept? You wouldn't want it known you were the shadow. You got a point there. And you say your computer figured out I was the shadow. Well, may I say this, Commissioner? 
between my computer and the shadow, there's no limit to what we could accomplish. Oh, yes, Commissioner. My computer. <laughs> How about that, Brenner? We have company. No. This is the shadow. Good evening, Commissioner. I figured you had to be around. No, it's not possible. The computer's infallible. It cannot make a mistake. This is a trick. The computer cannot make a mistake. It's your goop this time, fella. Put that gun away. No, you know too much. Johnny, get in here. Pick up his gun, Commissioner. What's happening, Mr. Burnett? Uh, Johnny. Johnny can tell you the computer can't make mistakes. It makes no sense. The computer's a very gullible creation, Mr. Brenner. I fed it a great deal of misinformation that it believed. You had no right! Put your coat on, Brenner. And you too, McNeil. Let's go downtown. <laughs> a weed of crime. There's bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> My last one for this week, my strawberry for this week, is um, one that I think you'll all enjoy. Uh, it is the Texas Rangers, and it's called Apache Peak. I love the Texas Rangers. It's kind of a combination western and cop show, uh, and so I hope you'll enjoy Apache Peak. And... Uh, I'll come back after it's over. Wheaties presents Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Apache Peak. Shortly after midnight on October 4 last a late model blue sedan came to a stop at a traffic light on the highway leading southwest out of Wichita Falls, Texas. While the driver waited for the light to change, a figure moved out from the shadows and tapped on the window of the sedan. I didn't hear you with the window up. You said you're going near Haskell. I don't know. Where is it? I'm headed for El Paso. That's my direction. How about a ride? All right. Hop in. Thanks. Mighty hard getting a ride. As you like. Uh-huh. How far is the uh, Haskell? About 80 miles. But I'm going past there up near Apache Peak. Ain't far from El Paso. Oh, good. Keep me from falling asleep at the wheel. 
I gotta be in El Paso in the morning. Business appointment. You from East? <laughs> New York. Just the accent picked out, huh? Right and so. What kind of business you in? Salesman. Airplane part. You get tired. I'm drive still. Hey, that's a thought. As soon as I start to feel sleepy. Sure. Give me a chance to rest up. Good. <sighs> it's almost 4 a.m. Be in Odessa in 20 minutes. You want to take over? Yeah. Guess I can stop any place on this highway. I haven't seen another car in an hour. I'll slide over. You get out and come around. No, you get out. Well, it's just as easy for you. Hey. Hey, what are you doing with that gun? I need money, mister, and you've got it. Oh, sure, sure. I'll give it to you. I won't report it or anything. I'll give it. I know you won't, mister. of the Texas Rangers will continue in just a moment. Tonight, as special guest, Wheaties champion, Robert Feller. Oh, by golly, it's always fun to meet a Wheaties champion, especially when he's as nice a guy as Bob Feller, the Cleveland Indian. Hello, Bob. Hi, Ed. Are you seeing many baseball games these days? Oh, you bet, Robert. You eating many Wheaties these days? <laughs> what a question. Well, I've been eating Wheaties for breakfast almost every morning for pretty close to 20 years. and still going strong, huh? Wheaties are money tough to get tired of. I guess squiddies and milk and fruit will still be my favorite breakfast when I'm too old to climb out of the dugout. <laughs> well, that won't be happening for a lot of years yet. Thanks for stopping in, Bob Feller. A real Wheaties champ. You know, gentlemen of the audience, this man Feller has a wife and youngsters even as you and I. His paycheck depends in part on healthy energy, just as ours does. Get my point? We need him too. Wheaties, breakfast of champions. Get yours. And now... Back to our story with Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. The body was discovered at 8.15 on the morning of October 4 when a fence rider from a ranch bordering the highway found it in the brush at the side of the road. He reported the discovery to the nearest sheriff, and the sheriff relayed the report to the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case. There's the body, Jace. Under that sheet. Where was he found, Sheriff? Oh, about 11 miles east. Must have been dumped out of a car. Hmm. Shot three times. One through the neck and two through the chest. 38 caliber? Yeah. Coroner got two of the slugs. Any identification on him? Or anything, Jace. Whoever done it even stole the clothes off him. Except in his shirt and shorts and necktie. And a pack of cigarettes from his shirt pocket. It's all there on the table. Hmm. Foundry mark on the shirt. That might help. Corner, say how long he's been dead? Oh, since four or five o'clock this morning. Hmm. These cigarettes, were they on him? Yeah. Why? They helped him? Maybe a whole lot. Look at this. New York State tax stamp. Can you make something out of that? Only the one pack of cigarettes wouldn't have lasted him from New York to Texas. Probably bought a carton or two to start out on the trip. So his home might be in New York. I reckon an awful lot of folks buy a carton of smokes in New York, Chase. Yeah, but it's a place to start checking that laundry mark on the shirt. 
It'd be a help if we know who this man is. I'll send these things into the lab, and they can send a wire photo of the mark to New York. The coroner has some pictures of the body. I'll put them on the wire, too. You got a deputy to get the stuff to my headquarters? Sure thing. I'll call him. Good. And we can get out and check the scene. This little piece of road here blocked off so no cars could wipe out anything. Good. And the body was found right in here. Yeah. Dragged in from the road. Back of the heel scraped along there. Clothing caught on the feet here. What you picking off there? Little fibers of cloth snagged on here. Lab men get through with these and may be able to tell us what kind of duds they came from. Let's take a look at the road. Fresh set of tire tracks here on the shoulder, Gaines. Yeah, I noticed them. Impressions deeper here. That's where they stopped. Look at the marks around it. Body was dragged out of the driver's side. That makes a difference? Means the dead man must have been driving. So, there's a good chance it was his own car. Right, man, Ed, huh? But how about the other thing? Could be the same old story, Sheriff. A hitchhiker. <laughs> Man have to be a fool to take a hitchhiker through this country, isn't I? Yeah, a fool. The trouble with fools is most of them are nice people. And they don't rape being killed. I'm gonna play a hunch. Make some work for the highway patrol. Captain Simpson's out on investigation. I may be able to reach him in his car. Unit ten to unit three. Unit ten to unit three. Unit three to unit ten. Unit 10 requests all points, bulletin alerting highway patrol and ranger units to stop and check all cars carrying New York State plates. The exhibit you sent over have arrived, Unit 10. You're not just going on that cigarette tax stamp, are you? No, Captain. Murder scene check indicates victim was driving car he was dumped from. Might have been his own. Worth trying, I guess. How soon can we expect report from New York police on laundry mark? That'll take time, Unit 10. We'll keep you informed. We'll keep Unit 3 informed if I move from this location. Unit 10, 10 4. After the 10 4 sign off, I took the sheriff back to his office. And that's when the hardest part of all hunting began the waiting. The only thing we knew for certain about the murder car was that it was heading west on the road to Pecos and El Paso. I headed the same way, stopping to ask questions at all the smaller towns, the cafes and service stations, wherever a man on the run might risk stopping. But all the answers were the same. New York car, you say? No, no, I don't think so. I only saw one out of state all day from Oklahoma. Well, thanks anyhow, ma'am. Sit down, have some coffee and pie, Ranger. Oh, no thanks. I gotta find a phone. No, I'd sure remember it if a New York car stopped here for gas. Ain't seen one in a week. Well, thanks. Uh, Ranger. Yeah? The kid runs the pumps a little while I'm eating. Maybe he saw something. I'll call him out if you want to wait till I catch his fellow's windshield. I'll wait. Oh, oh gee, I, I just remembered. 
Kid didn't sell nothing today. Well, thanks, anyhow. We've been working on the Royal Basin, you know, but we don't notice nobody. Yeah, I guess not. They detour past you 50 yards away. Only one who might see is one. He holds the red flag when cars coming down there. But he don't even look up. He just hear the car and wave the flag. He's too busy looking in the movie magazine at Betty Gravel. Well, thanks. By nightfall, I was just outside of Pecos. I pulled into a grove near an auto court, a place I'd stopped before. Let my horse Charcoal get down from the service. I barely got him unloaded when another ranger car pulled in. Yeah, Kirk. Howdy, boy. Howdy. What are you doing down here? Got a teletype for you from headquarters. Murdered man's name was Roger Bradley, New York City. Salesman with an airplane pods outfit. Identification positive? Yeah. Pictures, laundry mark, everything. Police up there traced the laundry mark. Bradley's wife identified the pictures. Was married, huh? Yeah. Three kids. Car you're looking for is a 49 blue sedan. Here's the matron license number. Highway Patrol hasn't spotted it any place. Nope. But here's a list of all the clothes Bradley was carrying on the trip. Pretty complete description. Can't understand why nobody's seen that car. That killer might have gotten out of the state. Had a good start. I hope that isn't it, Kurt. Three kids have to grow up without their father because of a gun-crazy hitchhiker. Uh, I know what you mean. Let's hope he's still in Texas. If he is, we're going to find him. Just a moment, we continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Next time you bounce out of bed in the morning, well, you do bounce, don't you? Well, <laughs> okay, let's say next time you get out of bed, head for the Wheaties. Sure enough, head for the Wheaties at 7 a.m. and see how they help at 11 a.m. Yes, they can make a difference at 11, and they can make a difference at the breakfast table. It's likely to be a pleasanter place with a bowl full of crisp little old Wheaties next to your spoon and napkin. The reason is, of course, the wholehearted whole wheat taste of Wheaties. You're getting all that sweet as a nut whole wheat flavor in every Wheaties place. Pour on the milk, put on the fruit, and dig right in to one of the finest openings any morning ever had. And then, see how much finer the morning itself goes when you started with breakfast of champions. That bowl whole wheat really gives with vitality, you know. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every flake of Wheaties. Now, see if you don't notice the difference all morning long. Less of the mid-morning slump, more of the up-and-atom punch. Know what I mean? All right, then. You try it. Tomorrow, next day, for a good breakfast, for a good morning, start with Wheaties. See yourself how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. And now, back to Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson in Tales of the Texas Rangers. For the next five days, Ranger Kurtz and I worked our way west, but we couldn't get a lead. Then on the afternoon of October 10th, 
Six days after the killing, we stopped and unloaded our horses at Eagle Flat in Hudson County. Blacksmith's place is open? Yeah. Horses can drink from his trough. Hey, look at that poke leaning against the fence there. <laughs> they sure do get dutied up for Saturday night in Eagle Flat. <laughs> yeah. Press. Matter, Jace. That's suit. No poke ordered that through a mail catalog. Hey, it looks like one of the suits described on the telephone. Yeah. Let's find out. Howdy. Well, howdy, Ranger. You live around here? Work the Longbow Ranch up here at Tabernacle Mountain. Mighty nice suit you got there. Kind of fancy. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it a dinger? <laughs> From New York, the label says. New York, huh? Where'd you get that suit? Well, I bought off... Now, wait a minute, Ranger. What? This ain't stolen, is it? Yeah. And the man it was stolen from is dead. Oh, man, I, I just bought off on a fella come by the bunkhouse. When? Oh, reckon it was about five days ago. He, he drove up with a bunch of stuff. Drove up? And what kind of car? Uh, new sedan. Blue. Hmm. Notice the license plates on the car? Uh, no, no. What do you think, Kurt? He's seen our man or he is our man. Were you on the ranch October 4th? Well, this is the first time I've been offering it in two weeks. I bought the suit, I'm telling you. Did you buy anything else? Yeah, this. Watch your hands. Well, I'm just going to show your wallet. The fellow threw in with a suit. All right, get it out. Uh, there you are. Paid him $10 for the suit and this. Hmm. Identification cards and everything's stripped. You take anything out of here? Well, nothing to take. Just like I got it, except for my $5 in the money pocket. Killer took all identification out of these celluloid card holders. Might have left some print. Ought to get it to the lab. Yeah. All right, you better come with us. Now, look, I didn't do nothing. Where are you taking me? To the sheriff. You can give us a description of the man who sold you the duds. If your story checks out clean, you've got nothing to worry about. Oh, it's clean. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Check the folks' story at the Longbow Ranch. He was telling the truth, all right. At least we had a description of the man we were after now. About 20 years old, dark, 5 foot 7, about 140 pounds. Kurtz and I unloaded our horses. Which way are we riding, Chase? Come on, boy. Head north, into the hill. Road Peter's out past his ranch, though, nothing but a trail. We might have turned back to the highway. Uh uh. Alarm was out by the time he passed here. If he went back to a main highway, the car would have been spotted. He's ditched it up here someplace. Now, let's ride. Get up there, Charcoal. Yes, there, boy. Yeah. We rode north from the Long Bull Ranch, cutting into the mesquite mesquite that flanked the road. It got thinner and more difficult. And just when I thought we might have come too far, we spotted the car. That's it. Let's see. Uh-huh. Smart. Rolled it into a gully and then covered it with dirt and grass. Nobody would ever spot it unless they were looking for it. Let's get back and report it. Unit 10 to KTXP. Unit 10 to KTXP. 
Unit 10, located blue sedan, registered to Roger Bradley, New York City. All right, Unit 10. KTXP just got report of fingerprints on celluloid card holders of wallets sent in. One set definitely goes of murder victim Roger Bradley. Another set identified as being those of Lenny Tripper. Please repeat, Lenny Tripper. Lenny Tripper. Any line on him? Car was found north of Longbow Ranch. Apache Peaks about ten miles further in. We'll investigate. Unit 10, 10-4. It was sundown when we got started. The country we had to go through is tough enough by daylight. It was after midnight when we sighted Apache Peak. There was still a light on in the cabin nested down in the foothills. Whoa, boy. Easy. Keep kind of late hours up here, don't they? Too late. Better tie the horses to that mesquite. You slip up and look in. Yeah. Come on, boy. Chase. Something moving over there. See it? Looks like a couple of burrows. Let's take a look at them. You boys up past your bedtime, ain't you? See them. Both in a sweat, all caked up. Then pack them, too. Yeah, the hair's matted down where they've been cinched. Plenty time to be working burrs. Yeah. Come on. Let's see the house. Look through the window. Bad eating. Not our boy, though. Too old. Must be Tripper's father. Look, there's the old lady, too. You go around the back way, and I'll go in through the front. Wait till you hear me knock and get in. All right. Open up. Who's there? Texas Ranger. What do you want? Lenny Tripper. Here, here. Mind if I come in and make sure? Let him in. No. Just another ranger at the back, Mrs. Tripper. You want to let him in, too? Go ahead, Mom. Don't mind if I finish eating, do you? No, I'll go right ahead. This your regular meal time? I eat when I want to. Nothing out back, Chase. Where's your boy, Mr. Tripper? You're the ranger. You find him. We ain't seen him in a year since he joined the army. And you haven't seen him in the last three months, either. Since he deserted from the army. You heard what she said. Get me a smoke mall. If you want to help your boy, you better help us. All right. I'll help you. He's in Mexico. Been there more than a month. Mexico, huh? Thanks. Mind if I uh, have one of those cigarettes, Mr. Tripper? Yeah, never mind. Reckon you can buy your own? Well, I just got a hankering for one of those. Can't always get a cigarette like that. What do you mean, Ranger? A New York tax stamp on the pack, Tripper. Those cigarettes were stolen from a murdered man six days ago. Murdered man? Shut up! What were you doing to those burrows outside? They've been packing. Well, I was bringing some stuff down. Been prospecting up with Pete. Abandoned silver mines up there, Jase. Is your son hiding out one of those mines, Tripper? 
Were you packing supplies to him? I told you what I was doing. That boy's wanted for murder, and if you're smart, you'll take us to him and tell him to surrender. Do what they say, Paul. Do what they say. Shut up. Leave her alone. I didn't know about the murder. He just said the army was after him. Come on, Kurt. We better go up after him. Oh, don't hurt Go ahead, Ranger. Go after him. He'll kill you. That's what he'll do. He'll kill you. treacherous for the horses, and trailing over that rocky ground in the darkness slowed us to the crawling speed of an overfed snake. There got to be less earth and more rock, and the burrow tracks grew fainter. We tried to pick them up by moonlight and flashlight. I could have gone in any direction from here, Jace. Can't pick up a mark. Seems to level off a bit on that shelf ahead. Might be a narrow trail there. Hope so. Getting steeper. Not too steep for burrows. Hurts. What? Dwarf oak here. Flash your light. Yeah, that's it. Hold it. Anything? Yeah. Branch pen. It's been brushed. Look here, been nibbled a bit, too. Recent. Torn leaves are still fresh. Well, we're headed right, then. Must have gone straight ahead between those big rocks. Yeah. Well, this is it, all right. Look at the side of the rock. Plus the mica peeled off. A little fiber stuff. Other pack ropes must have scraped it. Let's keep going. We finally reached the summit where the oaks and cedars fought for whatever slight drift their roots could get on the earth between the rocks. Dawn found us on a high shelf facing a rise that led to the open mouth of an abandoned silver mine. They lead straight enough now. Yeah. He's there, Chase. Yeah, but 20 feet back in. He could pick us off and we'd never even get to see him. Stay down and keep the hole covered. What are you going to do? Just call him out? Tripper! Lanny Tripper! He ain't going to answer, Chase. You can't get out, Tripper! <laughs> Sit down, Chase. Now he's got a rifle as well as that 38 he killed Bradley with. You're going to come out, Tripper? Why don't you come in, Ranger? If we'd only packed a stick of dynamite, he'd come out soon enough or be buried in there. Maybe the idea of dynamite would be enough. Go over down the shelf and let him see you just once on the way. Not long enough to draw a bead. Maybe we can bluff him. Why don't you go down and let me... Use my idea. I'll stay. Go ahead. Be careful, Chase. <laughs> you missed him, Tripper! You're not going to get another shot. He went down to our burrows to get some dynamite. We're going to see you in there, Tripper. You better come out. How do I know you ain't going to kill me on track? I won't if you do what I tell you. Leave your rifle in there. You come out with your hands clasped behind your head. Put your rifle up on a rock where I can see it into the field. All right, Tripper. Now come out! He came out of the shaft slowly, first the blur, then into the light with his hands behind his head. I got up and he walked toward me. He wasn't wearing a gun belt, but there was something in the way he moved that made me keep my hands close to my holsters. 
Then he made a quick sidestep, and his hands came from behind his head, and I caught the glint of a thirty-eight. <laughs> guys and gals y'all can put your shoes back on now cause it's all it's time to go I wish it wasn't time to go but it it is and uh, I tried to make my show just a hair shorter this week because last time I made it four and a half hours <laughs> and uh, so I tried to be sure to make it shorter for Victor this week so uh, anyway y'all take care have a good week and I look forward to seeing you next time.